Well, we're going to begin this first epistle that Paul wrote to Timothy. And Timothy, of course, kind of a, a, a young preacher, young pastor. And uh, it, he's, uh, it's so full. And I'm looking forward to the next several weeks as we go through First uh, Timothy. But tonight, we're going to, look, and I like to preach verse by verse. Tonight, we're going to get one verse. Amen. One, so if we do one verse per service, per, you know, per Sunday, we'll be here for 42 years. <laughs> And we'll be here and be here. But we'll try to do better than that. But tonight, man, I tell you, God helped me with this. I hope he helps you as much as he has me. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says, which is our hope. Jesus Christ is our hope. And I want to tell you tonight, hope is one of the most important things in the Bible. It's one of the most important doctrines in the Bible. There's lots and lots of messages on faith. There's lots of messages on love. Uh, and so forth like that, but, but not too many messages about hope. You can, you can look up messages and, and inquire about maybe there are not very many messages about hope. And yet a lot of people who have faith and a lot of people who have love sometimes don't have much hope. Uh, don't, you don't need to turn there, but in Ruth chapter 1 and verse number 12, Ruth was headed back to uh, the land of Israel. And, of course, she had lost her husband, lost her two sons. And here her daughter-in-laws were in there wanting to go with her. And she said, should I have hope? You could just read in her the despondency, the despair, the giving up. She just didn't have, she had lost hope. And I want to tell you something, but there was no reason for her to do that because God wasn't done with her. In fact, she was going to hold the lineage to the Messiah. But Satan made her think because of all the things, bad things that happened in her life, that there was no future hope. And she was reflecting that to her, her children and uh, those daughter-in-laws. Uh, as I said, there's not very many messages on hope. But hope is, now this is the honest truth, and guys, you can start putting up the scriptures. Hope is a major Bible doctrine. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach to the church tonight, and I want us to get, get a hold of this thing. Hope is a major doctrine in the scriptures, and I'll show that to you tonight. Pretty soon, if they'll put up the verses, we'll start in just a little bit. In the New Testament, it is a solid, uh, prevalent New Testament doctrine. And the Old Testament is full of people's experiences, life experiences, and the things they went through, and yet how hope held them through those storms and those trials and so forth. And then God tells us he wants us to look back at that so that we'll have hope. So we're going to look at, look at uh, in fact, if it is, when I get to thinking about it, uh, faith and hope are tied together now real tight. And they're back in the Old Testament and God told them there's going to be a Messiah come who's going to die for their sins in their place. And uh, he would be the sacrificial, he would be the Lamb of God that takes away the world. You talk about hope, those people had to live in hope that God would do what he said he would do. I mean, they literally lived in hope, in faith and hope that God would send that Messiah and they had never seen him. You and I look back at the cross, we've never seen Jesus, but our hope is Christ. Now, the one of the things that's key in tonight is that Christ and nothing else and nobody else is your hope. And if you put your hope anywhere else or in anything else or anybody else, you're going to have some bad falls in life and you're going to have some devastating things happen to you. Well, if we can get some of the scripture, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number one. The Bible said, now faith is the substance of things what? Hope for the evidence of things what? Not seen. Hope involves things that you cannot see. For the Bible says, if we can see it, then why do we hope for it? Because it's presently with us. And it's not a hope now. It's a possession. But the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That, and so it's tied together with that. And uh, we, I want you to do something tonight while I'm preaching. I want you to ask yourself, what do I hope for? And I want you to start writing it down. Some things that I'm hoping for. You ought to do that. You ought to write it down. 
Lord, I'm hoping for this. Don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't, don't let the devil cheat you out of this. Write down what your hopes are. What am I hoping for? And then you need to ask yourself after that, is this a biblically based hope? Because I'm going to tell you a trick of the devil. To get you to hope in things that are not biblically based. And then that hope doesn't come to fruitation. And then you're disappointed. But you, you slid it in and made it to be something that you figured you kind of obligated God to fulfill that hope. When he never did make you that promise. And then Satan makes it out that God didn't keep his promise. God hadn't promised it alone. Biblical hope, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But I want you to start writing down some things that you're hoping for. Let me give you uh, some ideas. Maybe you're not married and you're hoping to be married. You'd be surprised what writing things down does. Are you hoping for your children to be saved? Are you hoping for a generation of descendants that will serve God? Are you hoping that your family can be salt and light in this nation? Uh, are you, you know, just say, put, write down some things that you're hoping. You're, are you hoping for uh, someone that you love to be saved? Write down your hopes, okay? Be a person of hope. I'm going to be honest with you tonight. Think about this for a second. The Apostle Paul writing Timothy, young preacher, he's, t- he's going to tell him all kinds of stuff about the ministry. I mean, it's going to be and uh, all kinds of stuff. And when it gets to the end of the ministry, Paul's going to say, all men have forsaken me, okay? That's, that, that's the sum and finish of a ministry. But the first thing he's going to tell him is this, not have great hope, not love everybody. He's going to get to those things. He's going to say, make sure, Timothy, that your hope is in Christ and not in anything else. And if you, because I'm going to tell you something, when a preacher loses hope, he's in big trouble. When a daddy loses hope, he's in big trouble. When, and you know what's wrong with America? We've got misplaced hope everywhere. Now, let me just say one thing. There's a couple of things that that Satan always has substitutes. You can have a false hope. All right. That's why you want to make hope. True biblical hope is what we're preaching on tonight. Biblical hope, not conjured up stuff. You with me? Be sure you get this because Satan will devastate you with this. You conjure up something you kind of wish for and you start connecting God to it. And it doesn't happen, but it was never promised you in the Bible. Clearly, Satan can play monkey games with you. Then there's a second thing. People not only have false hope, but they have, then there's the people who don't have, they don't have biblical hope. They don't have false hope. They're fatalist. They don't have any hope at all. It's your atheistic deal. Yeah, what will be, will be. I'm just going to die. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I, I figure I'm just going to go back. There and do it. But they're fatalists. What will be, will be. I'll go to heaven or I'll go to hell. If they just resign themselves to fate, quote, they become fatalists. And they have no hope. And that's what's happening to a lot of American people because they're not in their Bibles and not reading their Bibles and Bibles not being preached. And so they just kind of like, well, just whatever will be, will be. And they just go on about their life and eat, drinking to be buried for tomorrow we die. And I want to tell you, that's no way to live. And God doesn't want you living that way. And so the second was Romans chapter 4 and verse 17 and 18. We had this in our Bible class this morning uh, where Abraham, the Bible said, who hoped against hope. Watch this. As is written, I've made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were, who against hope 
What's it saying there? That if you just looked at the circumstances, there was no hope. If you just looked at what was happening in his life, there was, that's what happened to Ruth. Ruth said, there's no hope. I mean, life has just treated me bad. Everything's went south. All my dreams are gone. All my ho- hopes are gone. And she just literally told her daughters-in-law, I have no hope. But Abraham hoped against hope. When it looked like there was no hope, he still had hope. But that hope was not based on just some kind of an intellectual exercise. He said that he might become the father of many nations. How? Watch this. Here is the key to hope. Now, twice hope's in the deal. According to that which was spoken. There's where your hope's got to be. I don't want you fooled. I don't want the devil playing games with you. Don't get your hope in something that was not spoken by God. A lot of people used to be in church and they had hope about this or that or the other. And they didn't understand how hope operates in, church, in the spiritual world. And when that hope seemingly that they, they, got, they had didn't come to fruitation, it, and it might have even been a biblical hope, but they would not wait for it and believe even, irregardless of the situations that God was going to do it. Or they had an unbiblical hope, maybe nothing really wrong with it, for instance, I'm hoping to get married. Well, years go by, you don't get married. I'm hoping to have children. Years go by, you don't have children. Pretty soon it's like, well, God hasn't done what he, what he promised. Well, may, have, to be honest, with, well, I got to hold off, okay? Let's look at the next thing here. Um, let's go down. Yeah, Romans chapter 8. Watch this in here. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. For the, watch this word. For the earnest expectation of the creature, that's you and I, waiteth for the manifestation of God, sons of God. Waiting, expectation, we're living in hope, okay? Uh, for the creature was made subject to vanity, emptiness, in other words, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Here's what God does. Here's how God works in faith. He takes you and I, and he subjects you and I into hope. Into a place where you can't see how it's going to turn out. You can't see how it's going to work out. You can't see how it's ever going to happen. I'm just going to be honest with you. When I got saved and surrendered to preach, it's the honest truth, over the ensuing months and so forth, God gave me a hope to do a work for God. I mean, literally, I, I, I mean, to do a great work for God, to do something that would count for eternity, that wouldn't just be normal. In fact, God gave me Ephesians 3.20, unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. You know, part of that power can not just be faith and love, but it can be the power of hope. And you believe God against all odds. And I'm just going to be honest with you. God put that hope in me. That, and here's part, part of my hope. To have a church where people didn't get divorced all the time. Amen. Where families were staying together. Where children were growing up loving the Lord. Where the church was making an influence in the community, in the area, and around the world. God gave me that hope where people could hear the gospel and there would be liberty and the truth would be free to be spoken and lived. Where our children wouldn't be given to the world to steal them from us. And God put those things in my heart and that hope. And I'm just going to be honest with you. To a great degree, I've seen those hopes come to fruition. And I'm saying to you this, we, we are subjected. It, it takes time sometimes for hope. It don't always happen when you think it didn't happen when Abraham thought it was going to happen. This is, a, this is such a great truth and biblical truth we need to get hold of. For the, it says, verse 21, for the creature itself also shall be delivered to the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of Jesus Christ. Someday you and I are going to be released from the bondage of this corruption. Someday we're going to have a new glorified body. But until then, what have I got to do? I got to hope. <laughs> I got to believe God promised me. Not, yeah, hang in there. Amen. Get in there and ride. Amen. All right. 
not only them save themselves, but also, uh, our, also have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So what are we doing? We're hoping about the redemption of our body, the resurrected body, the new body that's fashioned like Jesus Christ. For we're saved by what? You don't hardly ever hear that preached. We're saved by hope. You came to Christ and you believed upon him and there was an expectation, a, 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 an expectation of what God said he would do, he would do. Did you know that that hope was exercised by placing your faith in Christ and God did what he said he would do? He saved you. Amen. I, I'm going to tell you something. I want to be around people with hope. Amen. amen. I don't want to be around people that ain't got no hope. I mean, they'll bring you down. Amen. They'll discourage you. They'll defeat. I'm telling you right now, I want this church. I want these things. I want you to go home tonight and get in your car and drive down the road and say, bless God Almighty. I'm excited about the future because God's in charge and Christ is my hope. And here we go. Then he said there, <clears throat> see, he said, if, if that which is seen is not hope before what man's, for what a man seeth, why doth he had hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with impatience wait for it. That's me, amen. God, hurry up and make my hopes come to pass. But hope is something that develops patience in you and faith in you, just waiting on the Lord. Well, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable, and I agree with that, amen? <clears throat> if, if it's just this life, it's a miserable situation. If this is all it is, let's do drink, eat, and be married for tomorrow we die. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 12 a powerful verse that at that time when he was talking about before he got saved at that time ye were without who Christ who is our hope being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world this is probably the saddest words in the Bible nearly almost having no hope and without God in the world and that, you know what he's telling you if, if you're listening to me online you're listening to a CD later you don't have Jesus Christ you have no hope I promise you don't have any you may think you do but if you don't have Christ you don't have any hope you're going to find out that false hope will catch up with you well let's go down to 1 Thessalonians 4 13 the Bible said here that whenever somebody passed away or whatever we don't sorrow as others which have no hope. Amen? Yeah. You know what? We know We know that there's going to be a resurrection. We know, I would not have been ignorant. He said there, which have no hope. This world doesn't have any hope and God doesn't want us to sorrow as those which have no hope. In 1 Thessalonians 14, we sorrow not as those which have no hope. Now let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 1 about Christ who is our hope. So if you're, again, if our hope and my hope is placed in anyone or anything besides Jesus Christ, I have a false hope. Now, I'm going to mention a few things that people put, their, put a false hope in. If you're hoping in the U.S. government, <laughs> you have a false hope. I'm going to tell you about them. The, the government, they're in debt to their eyeballs. And the only hope they've got is that we'll keep shoving the money at them. They're wanting to spend three and a half trillion dollars for social programs, which most of it will never get to the people that really do need it. And it'll do nothing but breed laziness and inefficiency across our land. And if your hope is in the government, you, you're, just, you're just got a false hope tonight. They're not going to come through for you. New Zealand this evening, the premier of New Zealand said that she is going to divide that nation into vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. And on and on it's going to go. And it's going to get crazier and crazier. And let me just tell you something. The, the, the U.S. government is not going to ride to your rescue because they can't. We can't even get 300 and some people out of Afghanistan tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 
So, I mean, I'm telling you right now, if your hope is in government, you're, you're got a false. Don't ever put your hope in the government. Don't ever put your hope in the government. Then not only that, don't put your hope in money. Bible said riches make themselves wings and fly away like an eagle. And I'll tell you what, how many has experienced that already? You made some and it went whoo, and first thing you know is gone. Amen. You put your trust in money, you put your hope in money, you're putting yourself in a false hope. I want to tell you something further now. Do not put your hope in your abilities. You may say, man, I've, I've got a good trade. I'm, I'm a good this, I'm a good that. I'm able to do this, I'm able to do that. Don't do that. That's a false hope. You can be down in a minute. I mean, it can be over with and out of here. And you may have been able to do this and your abilities. Don't put your hope in your education. You've got a lot of burger flipping Harvard graduates these days. I mean, you put your hope in how smart you are, your education, false hope. Amen. Yeah. You know, I don't know how it is in other parts of the country, but I know more people in this part of the country have done pretty well. Never did go to college. And some of them didn't finish high school. I want to tell you, you give me an old boy who's got a good work ethic. Yeah. And a little bit of horse sense yeah. and trusting God. I'll tell you what, you'll see him get something done. Amen. But don't let, not only that, but don't put your hope in your talents and don't put your hope in your personality. Well, boy, I've got a strong personality. I'm, I'm pretty suave. I'm pretty slick. I can talk people into this and talk people into that. You put your hope in that. That's foolish as a, as a mule at a, I don't know. <laughs> don't put your hope in your health. Don't put your hope in your employer. And don't put your hope in your employees. How <laughs> many figured that out? You know, either way. Don't put your hope in people. Don't put your hope in a preacher. A lot of people have been devastated because they put their hope in a preacher. Preachers ought not put their hope in people. <laughs> you put your hope in people, you're going to get disappointed. Don't put your hope in your own family. Hey, tell you, but Jesus said your foes will be they of your own family. You ought, to, you ought to read that every once in a while. I mean, it'll t- right down the line. I mean, right, it's amazing. I read that this week. Don't put your hope in your denomination. A lot, of good, a lot of good people in this country had good, strong denominations 60 years ago, and it's gone now. Yeah. And they give it, there are people who gave their farms and their businesses and their bank accounts to that denomination to build Bible colleges and all this other. Now the Bible colleges is ordered, uh, teaching them being a queer is all right and left the Bible and everything. Yeah, you, put your, you put your hope in a denomination or religious institution. And by the way, don't put your hope in standards and rules and regulations and performance. And never put your hope in your own righteousness. And be sure and don't put your hope in rituals. One of Satan's main goals is to get you into an unbiblical set of hope and then he'll knock the props out from underneath you and you're mad at God and everybody else. Need to ask yourself, is my hope tonight biblically based on the clear promise of God? Romans 15, verse number four, guys, if we could get that. Romans 15, verse number four. I want you to get this thing. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I want you to think about old David tonight. David, I mean, tell you what, he just, you know, he starts off awful good, but the first thing you know, he's in a mess. And Saul's chasing him, wanting to kill him. And then David becomes king, and then he messes up. And then he's got all kinds of problems in his family. And yet he wrote some of those psalms in the midst of that. You know something? I love David. I'm so glad God put him in there. I look at him and say, well, I, Lord, I ain't had somebody killed yet to steal their wife. Bless God, I'm holy. I want to tell you something. David gives me hope. Amen. David, David confessed his sin, repented of his sin. He did, I mean, was he sorry? Let me tell you something about David. He was sorry. Yeah. He was wicked. He lied to you so fast, make your head swim. You read your Bible. 
You know, I'm glad God put him in there because if he didn't put people like that in there, I might not have no hope. But I know if David, if God stayed with David and loved David and nurtured David all the way through that, and David had all those problems with his children, gives me hope. Abraham, I read these people. And that's what he said. These things are written before time that you can have hope. You don't get, you see how, you, you, you and I have got the advantage. We can see the beginning and the end of these people's lives and see how God took them through. And that's a blessing. Well, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I love this verse and I hope you'll make this one of your life verses. Now, the God of hope, that's what God describes himself as, God of hope. Look what it says, fill you with all joy and peace in doubting. You ain't never going to be filled with joy and peace in doubting. You're going to be filled with joy and peace. The God of hope, fill you. That was Paul's prayer. Pray that for yourself. God of hope, fill me. With all joy and peace and believing. Why? That she may abound in hope. Boy, I tell you what. I'm, I'm, you know what America needs? It means a bunch of Christians who's got hope tonight. And that hope is nothing nobody but Jesus Christ. I'm honest with you. People wonder what's wrong with you. Why aren't you depressed like the rest of us? Why aren't you taking pills like the rest of us? Why aren't you getting drunk like the rest of us? Why aren't you taking dope like the rest of us? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's where it comes from. Now, I'm telling you something. Now, let me just say tonight this, some things what hope is not. Hope is not mere wishing, natural, humanistic thinking, wishing. Boy, I wish. Boy, I wish. Boy, I wish. That's not Bible hope. Not Bible hope. Hope is not the desire. Get this one. Hope is not the desire that God will bless or bring to pass something that you already know is wrong against his word. Oh, God, please help this ticket to be the one. Lord, help this lottery ticket to be the one. Yeah. Oh, God, please bless this lottery ticket. <laughs> oh, God, I promise I'll give 30% of this $6 million ticket to you. Lord, your work, if you'll just bless this ticket and make it the one. God ain't going to bless that. And if you did get the ticket, I'll tell you what, it'll be a curse to you before it's over with. God is not going to bless. I'm going to just tell you something. If you're, you're doing something, I'll, I'll just go back to this marriage thing or anything else you want to talk about. And it's against the word of God. Hope is not hoping that God, hope is not wanting God to go against his word. And that's the problem with a lot of hope that's in our land today. Hope is not the desire that God will act contrary to his nature and to his character. God's not going to do it. Oh, Lord. Bless me and this woman while we're shacked up, please. Mm-mm. Ain't going to happen. You know, wanting God to act and bless and, and, and something that we already know is wrong. Hope is not. Now get this one. Hope is not arousing the emotions or the fleshly stirring of the soul at a religious pep rally. <laughs> Getting you all worked up. I mean, you walked in the gymnasium like this, but they're all going, rah, rah, rah. Pretty soon you're going, rah, rah, rah. And all that, you kind of got this little bit of a hope deal coming. You go, oh, I feel good tonight. I'm going to tell you, be careful about religious pep rallies. Because they really know how to drop you into a well when you drive out the gate. Be careful about that. Whether it be preaching or singing or anything else. Hope is not based upon what is seen. Hope is 
is not, is not visible. But it, it, it's not based upon what's seen or visible or the circumstances present. Hope is not angling God on a personal want or desire that's not clearly stated in the Bible. Now, here's what biblical hope is. And, and, and get this. It's a pleasurable expectation of the mercy and goodness of God that he will do what he said in his word. And there's nothing wrong with that. A pleasurable expectation, a happy, exorbitant, I mean, just exuberant expectation of what God said he's going to do. He's going to do. All right. Hope is the well-founded, well-grounded knowing that what God says he'll do in his word, you can put it in the bank. It's going to happen. All right. Now, if we don't have biblical hope, let me tell you what happens to people with biblical hope. As I said earlier, they'll go into fatalism or they're going to false hope. But one of the things that happens is despair. Despair is the opposite of hope. Despair is giving up. I always talk about uh, that wicked, wicked series movie. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a, oh, it's wicked. Uh, we've watched it four or five times. <laughs> Anne of Green Gables. Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> and Marissa. And, 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 you know, that, that girl that played Anna Green Gables, she was so dramatic. Don't you girls like, don't you all want to act like Anna Green Gables? Oh, 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 you know. And she's, oh, and she, one time she goes, I'm in the depths of despair. And Marissa goes, don't you ever say that. That means you gave up on God. That's the only thing I ever learned out of that movie. And that is, and the other thing was, don't chase Jersey cows in a swamp. <laughs> okay. But I'm telling you this. Marissa had it right. I'm in the, and, and this, I thought, what a picture of American young people. I'm in the depths of despair. I need a safe space. I mean, it's crazy. You don't get in despair. If you have Christ, why should you ever be in despair? I'm honest with you. If you have Christ, why should you ever despair? If your hope's really in Christ and it's not in your profession of faith, well, I got to tell you this while ago, my youngest, one of my youngest granddaughters back there, she's probably sleeping now, but I was back there a while ago and, and she says, Paul, what happened to your finger? I said, mama bit it. <laughs> she backed up and I tell you what, I like to crack that. That was so funny. She didn't believe me at all. She says, isn't that funny? Even a little child knows their grandma well enough. No, they don't bite her husband's finger off. All right. <laughs> now, if Karen would have told her that I bet her finger off. She'd have probably, don't doubt it, you know. <laughs> anyway. But people get in despair. I, I'm going to be honest with you. You go to churches and places, and, and Danny, I know you went and preached revivals, and you just feel the despair. There's nothing going on here, and there's nothing going to go on here. Has anybody got a backhoe to bury us with? I mean, there's just a despair. Uh, they're ne- yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you know, we, we, there's no expectation for God to send revival. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all a little story. You can laugh, it'd be funny. But my mama just this morning talked to me about, she was talking, she always asked about church. Well, how's church doing? Blah, 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 you know, and you, and, 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 and uh, I said something, I said, you know, Mama, prayer meeting is good because prayer meeting is important. And I said, Mama, several people are coming on Wednesday. A lot of people come on Wednesday night for prayer meeting. And this is my mama said. She said, you know, Reggie, I've been to prayer meeting down the road for some many a night, and there's just three of us. Just three of us. Can I tell you something? That out of something that seems hopeless, God can burst something Amen. To, 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 for his glory. Amen. 
those prayer meetings that they were meeting, three of them, it didn't go in vain. I'm telling you that. It really honestly didn't. Yeah. And, I, and I've been there to several of those, and Danny, I was bored to death. Wednesday night prayer meeting. That's the last thing a 13-year-old boy wants to go to, where there's about five or six people. Just being honest with you, okay? But also, the absence of hope will bring defeat into your life. I don't want to live in defeat. This is the victory, even our faith. We're more than overcomers. If God be for us, who can be against us? Why do we, live, why do we act like we're, oh, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Yeah, I, I know it's going to be hard to buy soap this winter. You're probably not going to be able to wash, amen? I know you're not going to be able to buy Dr. Pepper. It's sitting on some ship out there toward China. I understand. It's going to be a hard winter, amen? I mean, all the trees are dying and the ants have ate all the trees. There probably won't be no wood to keep warm by. And I understand the propane's going to be 4 or $5. And I'll tell you, it's going, oh, it's going to be bad. Come back next Sunday and it'll be worse and I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Defeat. Yeah. Defeat. Do you know what, you, you know what the, uh, one of the biggest weapons in warfare is? Is propaganda. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, they take them airplanes and sprinkle those propaganda deals down there. You know what the Germans would do to our, do to, to our troops? Have you ever seen some of the World War II German propaganda leaflets? They're rough. They'd drop them on our boys on their lines. And they'd tell them, oh, so-and-so sleeping with your wife while you're over here fighting, fighting us. Yeah. And you're fighting for lost cause. And you're helping communism. And I mean, they did everything. And I mean, it was to bring, to demoralize and defeat. Why? Make people lose their hope. <clears throat> discouragement comes from a loss of hope. Depression. Let me tell you something. I, 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 you know, I don't know a lot about depression. I've had to deal with it some, but I'm going to tell you right now. Pretty hard to depress a guy who's, hope, who's got his hope deal straight, who's got his, who's got his, his hope deal set right. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want you people. If you get in depression, I'll tell you, I'm here for you. I love you, and I'll tell you what. Let's work through it together. Let's get on through it. Let's get through that valley, get through that, that, that swamp, and come out the other side. Amen? Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Don't live there. Don't make up your mind you're coming out of there. Get your focus on Christ. Get your focus on things. That, and don't live in depression and that kind of thing. Here's a few things that my hope is built on. The song says, I, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I have biblical hope in these areas tonight. God loves me and he saved me from his wrath. I'm saved. Amen. That's a biblical hope. I have an expectation I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me. And that's a solid, and I can, I, that's solid hope. That's word, his word, right? Yep. We're delivered from the wrath to come. Secondly, I have eternal life. I am never going to die. Do you believe that? Did you know a person who has eternal life can't die? Jesus said, he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he said, believest thou this? Because that's kind of hard to believe. Yeah. I ain't never going to die. I have eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's a promise of God's word. I am never going to die. You say, well, Reggie, I bet you, yeah, this flesh will, but the man inside is never going to die. I'm, I have eternal life. Number three, I am forgiven. Now, you listen to me tonight. I have hope because I'm forgiven. And if you forget that you're, not, that you're forgiven, you're liable to lose hope in things. I am redeemed. I am justified. I am reconciled to God. By the way, can I tell you a hope that I have? All my needs, five years from now, if I live another 20 years, all my needs are already going to be met by my God. I'm not, there's, there's always going to be enough food and there's going, I'm going to make it. Why? My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's a promise from God's word. I have hope in that. There's no point in me worrying about next year's food. That's right. Now there might be if I'm lazy, That's right. 
Okay? If you're going to pray, pray with a hole. For potatoes, you pray with a hole in your hand. You got that? That's biblical, right? But I don't, God, I have a promise that God's going to, I also have this note, this hope, that all things, everything, all things are going to work together for good for me. They're going to. May not look like it today. May not seem that way right now. But God's word says that all, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and the call according to his purpose. I know this. He'll never leave me. That's a promise from God's word based upon the Bible, not upon my feelings. There's times when I feel like, God, I wonder where you're at. He said he'd never leave me. That is biblical hope. I'm giving you things that are honest to goodness, biblical hope tonight that you can lay hold of. And, and it's not it's not going to change. There, you know what? I have a hope tonight that there's a mansion being built for me, that there is a place being prepared for me. I have a hope that he's coming back for me. That's based upon the Bible. That's not just some kind of religious wishing or fantasy land. That's the truth. Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. I go away to prepare a place for you. If I go and pre- away to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. I'm going to be with Christ. I have a hope of Christ coming back. Amen. I have a hope of rewards for true service to the Lord. I have a hope of a new body at the resurrection. I have a hope of uh, uh, that, as I said, never die. To be absent from the bodies. To be present with the Lord. I, I don't know where I'm going to die. If I knew where it was, I would never go there. <clears throat> But I know one thing, when I do, I'm going to be with the Lord Amen. instantly. Amen. I have a promise that I'm going to return with Jesus Christ to this earth. That's in the Bible. I have a promise that the curse is going to be removed. I have a promise that Satan will be destroyed forever. I have a promise that I will rule and reign with Jesus Christ forever. I have a promise that I'll enjoy a 1,000 year honeymoon with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I have a promise of a new earth and a new heaven. I have a promise that there's no temptation taking me, but such is common to man, but God will with that temptation make a way of escape that I might be able to bear it. I've got that promise from Almighty God. That's my hope. I've got a promise, listen to me, that my professed faith will be tried and yours will be too. And that's a good thing. I've got a promise that heaven and earth will pass away and his word will never pass away. And those are things, and I want to tell you something tonight, being with Christ will be worth it all. The absence absence and the loss of hope has caused preachers to quit, Christians to backslide, spouses to divorce. You talk to them, there's no hope. Businesses to fail, churches to die, armies to be defeated, suicides to occur, and nations to die, all because they didn't have any hope. I want to tell you something tonight. Without hope's a dangerous place to get. Don't you get yourself get there. I want to say something to this church tonight and everybody. Nobody in here has passed hard, hard things. But I want to tell you this much. If the devil ever gets you cornered <clears throat> and you feel like you can't see the hope, I mean, it's just like this. it's coming on, call me. Don't be ashamed or don't be afraid to call me. Let me tell you, one. when I went through a depression one time, whenever I let Satan steal my hope, I'm talking about stolen hope tonight. Now, I'm not proud to say this, but let me tell you, the Satan's bold. He will suggest things to you that you cannot believe. I was going through a very, very difficult time in my life. Physically, I was drained. I, I, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do only thing I was able to do at that point when I was coming. And somehow or another, he'd give me grace every Sunday to come and preach. I'd go back home. I never told the congregation about it. I never told her. And my wife knew it. But I was just literally in the hole. 
And one day I'd lay down, I was just, it was during daytime, I went into bed and laid down, and I always keep a pistol inside my bed. And it was like a voice whispered out of hell, why don't you just take that pistol and end it? Satan will suggest to you stuff like that. Now, I thank God that, uh, you know, his grace and the knowledge of his word, I had enough sense to know where that was coming from. That wasn't coming from God, I promise you. But I'm going to tell you something. Satan will try. You ever get in hold and you need help? You call. Don't be ashamed. There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. There's several people in the Bible wanted to die. Life got so tough and so rough. And I'm going to tell you something. I want us to be a people of good hope. But once in a while, we may have to reach down and help each other up and say, you know something, listen, there's still hope. It's not, it's not past hope. And don't, don't drown in, in your hopelessness. The success of your life will be determined, as I said, by how well you honestly see into eternity. And the only way to see into eternity is through this Bible. And God says, if you'll get in that Bible, it will give you hope. Seeing and living for the eternal requires hope. And hope's connected to faith. The tragedy of most people's lives is, is what they miss by giving up hope. Right when they should have just said, God, I'm going to wait with patience. Right when they should. I mean, the old timers used to say it this way. The, what is it? The darkest part of the night is when? Just before daybreak. When will Satan come to you? I mean, he'll make you think the sun's never going to come up. I'm probably talking to people at night. You're discouraged. You're like, I don't know what my life's about. I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know why all these things have happened. I don't know why I feel like I feel. But I'm going to tell you something. God got you here tonight. He's got you here for a reason. And you're important. And you're precious in the sight of the Lord. And there is no reason for you to allow yourself to sink into hope and hopelessness and despair. And I'm convinced with all of my heart that one of the greatest battles Christians will have is for Satan to try to steal your hope. And when he stole your hope, he's wrecked your life. <clears throat> Joseph is the most complete type of Jesus Christ in the Bible, in the Old Testament, foreshadow. But particularly, I said Wednesday night, he is a picture of hope. I preached a message years ago called, When Is Not Is, and I'm not going to preach it tonight or you won't get home until about time to go to work. But it's through Joseph's life that we're able to see the invisible workings of hope, how hope honestly works. And the thing I love about it, it shows you the back behind the curtain scenes of how God works in the life of the believer in the area of hope. I would encourage you, if you've never heard that message, to get a copy here in the library or go to sermonaudio.com and listen to it. But if you'll think with me just for a moment, just to give you two or three of the highlights of this thing. Joseph, his birth is a picture of hope of the Christ born in the world, given to the world as their hope. It's also a picture of the hopes that God gives you through his word. Okay, let me tell you what 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 what, what you mark this down. Jacob is a type of the believer and his hope, Joseph, picture of Christ. His coat of many colors was brought to him in blood. Now you listen to this. This is what will happen to you. You can bank on it. In one way or another, this is going to happen to you as a believer. Satan is going to send his crowd into your life. And they're going to come dragging the most precious hope you had and say it's gone. 
and it's going to be covered in blood and it's going to look like every piece of evidence. And you know what Jacob said? Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Satan, what was Satan trying to do to Jacob? Make him believe that his hope was gone and lost. Now, I'll tell you, it destroyed Jacob. He said, I'll go to my grave grieving. He wasn't worth a flip nickel for God the rest of the time. When he came down to meet Pharaoh of Egypt, you know what Pharaoh wanted his testimony? You know what he said? Few and evil have been the days of my life. No hope. But here's the thing. Now, you always remember this. Hope wasn't dead, was he? But hope wasn't where Jacob could see him. Hope was down in Egypt preparing the way. Amen. Hope was down there preparing for the future. And God's hope is preparing your future out of your sight. Whatever you do, don't you ever let the world drag up the coat of your dreams and say to you, look, there's no hope. It's gone. Don't you ever let Satan do that. Not only that, when they finally went down to Egypt, watch this. The Bible said that Joseph knew them, but they didn't know Joseph. You know what you get from that? Hope always recognizes you, even though you don't recognize hope. Hope was standing right in front of them, and they didn't know it. You don't always see hope. That's why it's hope. But hope was standing right in front of them and recognized them. There's so much in that thing, it's unbelievable. By the way, can I tell you this? The knowledge of Joseph as a picture of Christ and our hope will take you through storms like you can't believe. I'll be honest with you. If it wasn't for hope, I wouldn't be preaching today. I've seen enough garbage to write four preacher books. Why not be a preacher? Why no boy should ever answer the call to preach. I think I'll write it, Danny. You want to write the foreword to it? You'll help me write it. But you know what? I read that Bible, and God says, Reggie, there's more hope than you'll ever be able to drink. Christ is alive. He's not forgot you. He knows exactly what's going on. And I'm going to tell you something. Then I say, God, give me another bucket full. And he just pours over the the boundaries of heaven, a big bucket full of hope. And I come jumping up here in the pulpit next Sunday morning, just happy as a frog. Amen. Frog in a pond, frog with with no snakes in it. Amen. Well, the world will drag up your hope and try to tell you it's gone. And, uh, but uh, I want to close tonight with this. Take your Bibles or just, just put it up here on Proverbs 11, verse number seven. We'll close with this. And it may be tonight that somebody's listening to me and uh, you have a false hope or whatever it might be. Can, can I say to you tonight that uh, uh, it's, <clears throat> we're going to get into First Timothy. It's going to talk about fables. But, but I want you to look at this. Watch this. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish and the hope of unjust men perish. You know what's telling you? Wicked men and unsaved people have hope. If you're allowed to listen to me tonight, you may hope there's no hell, but you've got a false hope. You may hope there's no God, atheist, but you've got a false hope. Man, I'm getting in, guys. They're coming on. I love it. Man, I like for them atheists to come on and tell me how there's no God. (laughs) 
and this Bible's written by man, and there ain't no God, and you're crazy. That tells me they're bothered. Yeah. You know, but I'm telling you tonight, if you're hoping there's no God and no judgment, no hell, no, no life after death, you're in a false hope. Yeah. The wicked man dieth in his what? His expectation. I know a man I tried to witness to. Bib overhauls, farm shoes. I tried to witness to him. He just put up his hand. Kelly, don't be talking to me about that stuff. Said, when I die, they're going to put me in the ground. That's it. I said, uh-uh. Don't be talking to me, Kelly. Don't be talking to me. He said, he meant it. Don't be talking to me about it. I'm going to die and that's it. Ain't nothing to that Bible. He's dead and his expectation perished. Unless he, I don't know if ever did hear of him getting saved. And I want to tell you, the hope of the unjust man, he was hoping there wasn't no God. He was hoping there wasn't no hell. He was hoping there wasn't no judgment. He was hoping there wasn't no punishment, no retribution. And God said that man's hope will perish. You, you Mormons are hoping that Joseph Smith was a true prophet and you're, I got a false hope and you're going to die and bust hell wide open. I don't care how many doors you knocked on when you were 16 years old. I don't care how many buildings you've built for the widows in your town. I don't care how good a man you think you've been. You Mormons, you're in a false hope tonight. You're hoping in Joseph Smith. Good grief alive. Talk about fables. We'll get into that later. You're trusting in Muhammad. I want to tell you something about these false prophets. They all got something in common. They like little girls. Are you listening to me? Joseph Smith was a basic, basically a pedophile and a, and a wife stealer. You ever seen Brigham Young's fo- pictures of all his wives he had at one time? I mean, literal photos of about 50 of them. Just, just a whoremonger is all they was. Made up the rules as they went along. Now, I don't love you enough. I don't hate no Mormon. You Mormons, go, I know some of you are listening to me. I know you're, you're peeping in once in a while seeing what Reggie's saying. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Your old Mormon bishop down there is not going to tell you the truth. He's going lie, to lie to you to, all the way to hell and back if he can. But you got no hope. You're trusting in Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and all that stuff. You ain't got no hope. Jehovah Witnesses, Jehovah False Witnesses trusted Charles Taze Russell. He said there wasn't no hell. That's a false hope. Yeah. You Seventh-day Adventist, Ellen White told you what to believe. Yeah. Told you to go to church on Saturday. I'd, I'd be ashamed to follow a woman around like that. Amen. Amen. Ain't no woman chaining a collar on my neck. <laughs> Leave me around in, spiritually or any other way. Amen. Yeah. Hey, we need a revival of manhood around here. I mean, some of you don't like that. Church of Christ, you're still following them Campbell boys and become water dogs and think you getting ducked in the creek is going to save your soul, that you've you're got a false hope. They, duck, they baptize you and tell you you're good to go. I'm going to tell you something. Listen, I love all you people. I see you guys on Facebook, Church of Christ and, and the, Christ, the Christian church people. Okay, hang on to your hat because they believe in baptismal regeneration. So little Johnny comes up, he's six-year-old, and he's seen some people get baptized, and he says, Daddy, I want to get baptized next Sunday. Go tell the preacher. Preacher says, oh, come on, John, let's get baptized. Never been saved, gets baptized. False hope. I know this rough preaching. I know people don't like it, but I, hey, it's just truth. Amen. And then the Buddhist, I can't imagine following a pot-bellied pig like it. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine this guy sitting up on a stand like that, belly out there like that, look like he's pregnant? I mean, I, you know, nine months pregnant. And following that, 
That's a stupid. I know the Holy Spirit went home about 30, 30 seconds ago. Anything but anything except Jesus Christ is, your, is a false hope. Well, the atheist, that's his verse. His expectation is going to perish. The evolutionist, his expectation is going to perish. And the lost man's just fatalist, hoping it all turns out okay. Anything except Christ. But if you've got Christ, you've got all the hope in the world. Well, I, I think there's a tornado getting ready to come. Where's it at? Mansfield? Webster County line? Oh, we might let you go home for a tornado. It's all right. Let's stand up together tonight. I want to scare some of you foreigners coming in here. 